Welcome to 52 Weeks of Hustle. I'm Travis Apple, and I'll be your host of this podcast. After spending my entire career in the sports sales industry, I wanted the opportunity to give back, to give back to those individuals that want to get in this business, or for those individuals that are in this business that want to continue to excel at an elite level. For those of you who know me, hustle has always been important, hence the name. This podcast is presented by General Sports Worldwide and the Clubhouse. GSW is certainly picking up steam in search, recruiting, training, and consulting. The Clubhouse is a career development platform consisting of monthly webinars, in-depth training vault, job board, mentorship platform, blogs, and a focus on mental health. Be sure to sign up for a free membership at theclubhousecareers.com. In addition, thanks for everyone that has supported the book, Hustle Your Way to Success in Sports Sales. For season three, I'm going to have the privilege of sitting down with industry experts to discuss their career path, three key topics that are current in the industry, three hustle hot seat questions, Three pieces of advice, all under 24 minutes. Now on to our guests this week. It's all about the journey in this business. The journey can come in a variety of ways. I'm excited to have our next guest share his, where he's worked in five different leagues and has been a part of four new builds. Our next guest, Tremaine Russell, Vice President of Ticketing for the Nashville Soccer Club. Tremaine, welcome to the show. Hey, Travis. Thanks for having me. Jermaine, very excited to have you. Certainly talk about your career, and, and let's start where we kicked it off. You've worked in the NBA, MLB, PGA Tour, NFL, and now the MLS. What are some key similarities in selling at a high level for all of the different leagues? Um, I mean, you probably hear me say this a lot, and, and you you know it. You've been in this business just as long as I have. Um, the experience is is key, especially selling products like we, we, we usually do with uh, it being premium. You know, it, it doesn't matter what happens on the court, on the field or anything like that or on the pitch. Um, but if you can create a, a high level experience for your clients, uh, then, you know, that's what it's all about. And so the spaces that we generally sell premium, all inclusive and things like that, it, it's really about creating this experience that, you know, your clients can whatever their needs are, uh, they'll be able to fulfill them. Yeah, absolutely right. It's all about the experience and those wow moments, whether it's that the discretionary dollar or that entertainment dollar. And so, Tremaine, for you, back to the beginning, you you attend the University of South Alabama. You receive a degree in sport and event marketing. Right away, you went to get your master's of sports business management at UCF and University of Central Florida. What were you thinking you wanted to do from a career path standpoint? It's funny. Um I thought going into it that, you know, I always knew I wanted to work in professional sports. Um, and like a lot of people say coming into this business, they want to be a general manager. You know, yep. that that's uh, that's what I said. And I remember um, telling Dr. Sutton that because um, at the time, you know, he was leading the DeVos program, which I attended. And, uh, you know, we, we had some conversations back and forth and, uh, you know, he, he gave me an opportunity through some connections to uh, work for the Indians right out of grad school in their baseball operations department. And, um, you know, so kind of going towards that that path and then, you know, quickly realized that business was where I really wanted to be. Um, so transitioned back to the magic and i remember having a conversation with um otis smith who was the gm of the magic at the time you know and 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 i hadn't given up on that dream i just didn't want to do it in baseball anymore um but talked to otis about it and you know i was one of those people that was didn't matter i just wanted to do it in any league and and when you say that to a gm and they look at you knowing you know (laughs) all the work that it takes to get to that point 
you know, Otis quickly educated me on, you know, if that was something that I wanted to do in a dream that I had, that I needed to focus that on one particular sport and and go for that dream. So, but that, that was it. And then, you know, obviously working in the business side, you know, you quickly start to get exposed to, you know, a lot of different things. And, you know, when I got exposed to opening a new arena, uh, uh, that was it for me. And I knew, you know, that was where I wanted to take my career. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, you know, you, you mentioned the DeVos program, getting back to Orlando. That's obviously where you and I connected, you know, almost a decade ago now. And your first opportunity to come with the Magic as a season ticket account service representative, where not only were you a top producer, you held three different roles, including premium client services manager. In almost nine years with the organization, you know, to, to a brand new building and, and teams, good and bad. And we'll, we'll talk through that. But, you know, thinking back to that time of getting into that business side, What's one key learning early on that you still apply to your day? Well, you know, the magic is where where I cut my teeth in the business. You know, that's where I learned, you know, how to be a professional. Um, you know, what um, having a, a buttoned up process and, and planning and things like that. You know, so when we opened the arena, you know, there was a, a lot of work, as you know, that goes into, you know, putting processes in place and things like that. And so that that's, you know, something that I still take with me now um, and, you know, opening multiple venues. It's, it's all about the process and having it refined, you know, uh, going through it, um, you know, seeing what works and, and trying to poke holes in that process. And but but also being able to adapt and change that process if, if it doesn't work. And so it, it's, you know, kind of like uh, Sixers, right? All about the process. Absolutely. Well, after almost nine years in Orlando with the Magic, you make the transition to Atlanta where you worked with Van Wagner and really helping sell the Atlanta Braves new SunTrust Park project, which is amazing project, you know, a destination down there in Atlanta. And so overseeing a staff, you know, that was really focused on selling premium inventory. How was that overall experience for you? You know, it was it was great. Um Growing up in in Birmingham, uh, the Braves were you know they they were my team baseball team that I, that I watched a lot on um, TBS and everything, and so getting a, an opportunity to come to Atlanta, get me a little bit closer to home, but work on a development that just wasn't a stadium. You know, it was you know the Braves are really aggressive um, on building a an entire mixed use facility. You know, at the same time at the stadium and and opening them at the same time, which is, you know, it's pretty unheard of at, at that time. Usually people had a, you know, a five year plan or something like that. Stadium would go first and anchor it and then you have the development come. And so working on that that project and seeing everything come to life, um, you know, all around the same time and then seeing you know, the venue as it is now and how it's, you know, it's, it's full on, you know, all the non-game days and, and everything like that is, it, is it, pretty, it was pretty awesome um, to be a part of it. And, you know, we had a lot of success, you yep. know, selling premium, you know, we transitioned people from, from Turner Field. And I think if, if you remember around that time, you know, it was pretty controversial move. Uh, you know, the stadium had been in downtown for One out of downtown you know, Atlanta. Yeah. And now you're moving it to the suburbs, uh, you know, north of downtown. And, you know, that didn't sit well with a lot of people. So there were a lot of um, obstacles and, and hurdles that we had to overcome. Um, the Braves did a hell of a job on, you know, working with Kimley Horn and putting together a uh, 
a traffic and transportation plan. Um, if you know Atlanta like like I do, then you know at any given time, you know traffic can be a, a bear. And um, you know, but they did a great job in in helping us be able to communicate that to people and get people comfortable. And you know, to this day, you know that's probably one of the easiest venues that I've been able to go to a game from door to door and, uh, you know, getting to the stadium in my seats and getting back home. So, yeah, no, they did a tremendous job. And, you know, Jermaine, for your end, after that ballpark opened, you made the move to the now the PGA Tour, focusing on the Tour Championship, and once again, leading in premium and corporate sponsorship. So how is it selling a product like golf where it's not necessarily a team or even, a, you know, a, an immediate destination each week? Yeah, I'd say the, the biggest part of it is, you know, not that it's not a team, it's, it's really that you're moving from, you know, multiple events throughout a season to now just focusing on on one event. Yep. And so, you know, it's, it's very easy when you're talking to a client or customer and the season is approaching and you're talking to them about all these multiple matches and, and how they can execute and hit their business needs with, you know, a 17 match season or a 44, 45 game season. But now you're only talking about one event. And so, you know, you're trying to sell this event 365 days a year. And so if the event is in September or, um, you know, and it's January, trying to get someone to, um, you know, to 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 bring that that and have it, it importance on that event when it's so far down the road. So far so, away. Yeah. So that, that's the busy the, the biggest uh, difference between, you know, doing that one event and focusing on something that's, uh, you know, in a league with multiple matches. Yeah. No. And I'm sure a lot of people are like, oh, one event, that'd be great. But it's still the same stress, still the same challenges, whether you're selling one event, 10, 44 and everywhere in between. And, you know, from there, you know, again, you become the director of sales for the Aspire Group. And our loyal listeners certainly know a lot about the Aspire Group as, as we've had multiple guests, you know, including Bernie Mullen and, and Bill Fagan. And you led the team in focusing on full season ticket revenue for their final two seasons, you know, for the Chargers at the StubHub Center, as well as supporting sales efforts for new SoFi Stadium. But an interesting part of that role is that you were still based out of Atlanta. And so how is leading from afar in that experience? Yeah, it was different. It was, um, you know, <laughs> it's funny because, you know, we're we're in Atlanta. We have a team who's calling on L.A. and the surrounding markets, you know, and your team has to get educated to be able to speak the lingo, you know, yep. in, in L.A. You have to learn, you know, the, the neighborhoods, the, the all the areas surrounding, you know, where the stadium is. You've got to have an understanding of, of, of traffic and logistics and getting there. So. It took a lot of work getting our team up to speed. Uh, you know, we took a couple trips out to L.A. so our team could actually see the space and see the surrounding areas and, and you know, and be knowledgeable about having a conversation about it. So it was, a you know, a really unique partnership. We had a lot of success for the Chargers uh, coming into it. You know, that's why, you know, they kept renewing us and, and keeping us right. around. So. And it, you know, I'm sure it was certainly an interesting experience because also that happened before the pandemic. So the Zoom wasn't as popular as it's important. Yeah, I, I can say we did not use one single Zoom call. <laughs> <laughs> yep, exactly. Well, Jermaine, leading to today, about four years ago, you make the move to Nashville, Tennessee, and first as the director of ticket sales, then senior director, now the vice president. And once again, you were part of a new building with the opening of the MLS Club's new stadium last year. And what is something you are most proud of on what you and your team have accomplished thus far in your short time there with the soccer club? 
Yeah. Um, you know, during that time, COVID happened, the world changed for, for all of us. You know, we went from, you know, having our inaugural match on uh, February 29th of 2020. We had 60,000 people in Nissan Stadium and then the world shuts down. <laughs> and so we spent the next, you know, two years and uh, getting ready for our opener um, of, of our own stadium, which was, you know, it's the largest soccer specific stadium in U.S. and Canada. And if you know Nashville, you know, Nashville wasn't a soccer market or anything like that. Um, so the most, the thing that I'm most proud of is, is how, you know, our team came together through those circumstances and, and really built a fan base, um, that now, you know, can brag about that, you know, the fact that we are number four in the league with the largest season ticket base, um, you know, and we're just behind, you know, three teams that play in an NFL stadium. So to think about, you know, where we started as a, you know, two years in the USL club to, you know, the position that we're in today. I, I mean, it's, it, it's pretty amazing to sit back and think about it and just knowing that, you know, COVID and social distancing and we, working in the live events business, not knowing, you know, what that business is, is going right. to be like after, after things come back to quote unquote normal. And so uh, I think our team has done a really good job, you know, putting the pieces in, in place to, um, to have a lot of continued success here. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Again, we're here on 52 Weeks of Hustle. The guest today, Tremaine Russell, Vice President of Ticketing for the National Soccer Club. And Tremaine, let's get into three hot topics. First, question one, selling sports is never easy. And we've talked about it throughout this podcast. And it's regardless of wins or losses. And throughout your career, you've worked for some teams that have had some pretty good records and some teams that, that haven't played as well. And so what's your advice to all listeners on the value of ensuring that you're running parallel paths, but also selling at a high level, no matter the outcome from the the team or the game? Yeah. Um, you know, I can think back in my time with the magic, um, you know, when we drafted Dwight, uh, we were, you know, pretty low in the Eastern conference there. There was some pretty long losing streaks there. And then, you know, was a part of the ascend to uh, the NBA finals in 2009. And, you know, what I can tell you is that, you know, our approach never really changed uh, throughout that period. Yeah. In 2009, it was, you know, a whole lot easier to uh, to get on the phones and, and, and talk them, talk about the magic. Uh, but, you know, there was a time when you said the magic people didn't want to hear anything about it. And so, 
you know, I can fast forward and I can talk about the Braves um, during that period as, as well. You know, they weren't a World Series team. Um, you know, it had been a long time since they had made the the playoffs and, you know, you were selling the youth of the Braves and everything. But at the end of the day, I think it comes down to understanding the vision of, you know, the product that's on the field. And so uh, if your organization allows you to have access to, you know, the operation side of the business and and really, you know, hear from your coaching staff, hear from your, your GMs and things like that and understand what the vision is. Cause if you understand the vision, then, you know, okay, you may have lost this game, but you know where our approach is and where we're trying to get to. And it's what we talked about before, you know, it, you know the vision and then you can sell the experience um, because that's what you can control. You can't control what happens on the on the field or on the court or on the pitch, but you can control the experience and having that button up and having it be a top high-end level experience that you can deliver to your clients. No, I love the advice, Tremaine. It's all about the vision and, and not only from the team end, but your own vision, your own personal vision as you go about it each and every day. And question two, as we discussed, you've been a part of a four new stadium or arena uh, builds. What is the most unique meeting you've been a part of going through any of those processes? <laughs> uh, I have to chuckle a little bit because there's there's one that immediately pops to pops in my mind. Um you know, is working on the the Braves project. People are were extremely passionate about their seat locations and and, and where they were gonna gonna be in the new stadium. And I remember this this lady, you know, and she was an older older lady, her and her husband coming in, and you know, it was you know going into these stadiums. You know, a lot of teams you you have the option, you know, of either trying to pick things up and place them in you know your your new stadium and try to give somebody an equivalent seat. Or you can completely start from scratch, have priority and have them come in and, and completely just pick where they want to sit. Yep. And so we did the approach where we were going to try to start people off at an equivalent seat for them. She wasn't having it. <laughs> she did not like <laughs> that equivalent seat. And so next thing you know, we're having a conversation and just tears and uh, and, and crying and everything. And, you know, the only thing I she am, wanted. Yep, here I am <laughs> trying to console this sixty-year-old lady uh, about her her uh, her brave seats. So <laughs> sometimes you just can't make it up, <laughs> right? And, and finally, question three: You've worked for and alongside of a lot of great people in this industry. What's your advice on individuals finding a mentor or mentors early on in their career? Yeah, I mean, it, it is definitely uh, something that everyone should should do. Um, you know, I, I kind of think about mentors. I think in, when I was coming up, you know, you think of that mentor as that that older uh, person that has been through it, you know, and they're in that position where you want to be. And, and so you kind of, you know, you're going to ask them a lot of questions and, and kind of follow their path. But I think mentorship can also be, you know, from peer to peer as well, too. And so I think it's important that, you know, you surround yourself with people, you know, that have a similar mindset as you that want to accomplish the things that you do. So that way you can bounce ideas and you can ask for advice of someone who's in the trenches like you are. So, yes, find someone who's established and who's, um, you know, they're in, a, in the, the position of the seat that you want to be in. But I think it's also important to find people that are on your level or maybe that next level up to that are your peers that you can, you know, you can lean on support and you can have those conversations as, as well. 
I think it's great advice. I think that's one of the common themes of this podcast. Every episode is, is the value of people. You can hit the nail on the head to surround yourself with good people. Jermaine, what a great career you've already had. And as you think back to this point, what's been your best memory? Um, you know, I, I think about that a lot. Um, you know, runs to the finals, new stadiums, um, all-star games and things like that. But I, I think this this role in, in being with Nashville SC has to be, you know, one of my favorite memories. Um, and, and the thing is, is that, you know, I took this role because it was an opportunity to, to open a brand new stadium as well. But this was different. In addition to opening a new stadium, you know, we were launching a brand new franchise and, you know, there, there's not a whole lot of people in our industry to, that get to say they've had a, an opportunity to do that. You know, stadiums are going to continue to pop up, but, you know, teams aren't necessarily. And so to be able to, you know, help this franchise launch and, and start off on a successful foot, you know, I take a lot of pride in that. Uh, you know, I tell people whenever we interview and bring people in here, you know, there's probably not too many times where you're going to have the impact on, you know, culture and things like you will with a club like ours being, you know, what well, we're in our third year of uh, MLS now. Um, I mean, going into our fourth year of MLS, excuse me. But, you know, we don't have a 20 year history or a 30 year history to lean on and say, you know, this is the way that we've always done it. And so. I, I love that. I love being able to, you know, bring in new ideas, uh, implement them and, and being nimble about, you know, how we operate our business. But going back to your question, just being able to open a, and launch a franchise along with a new uh, building uh, has been, you know, pretty important to me. And so it uh, it means a lot knowing that, you know, 10, 15, 20 years down the road, wherever if I'm still here with this club or or doing something else that, you know, we can look back and know that the people that are on the ground now, uh, we, we had a hand in, in putting this club on the path. And so whether that's successful or or not, you know, there's a lot of uh, responsibility that, that I, that I carry, um, you know, in that regard, because obviously we want this club to be very successful for you for years to come. And we think we will be. Now, and su- such great memories, which remain ton of great advice. Certainly fun to hear about your journey. To close it out, I'd like to put the guests on the hustle hot seat. So you ready for this? Let's do it. If you had to eat one meal for the rest of your life, what would it be? One meal? Uh, Travis, I'm a, I'm a state guy. Uh, so nice. probably be a, uh, you know, a cowboy ribeye, uh, you know, Brussels sprouts with bacon, something like that. If you hosted a talk show, who would be your first guest? Mm. Who would be my first guest? Live, living or, or, or either or dead? What? Yeah, either or. I don't know. Probably Jay Z. Okay. What is the last thing you completed on your bucket list? Um, bucket list. I recently started working on um, building furniture and that was something that, uh, you know, I wanted to pick up a hobby. And um, so I've I started making uh, tables and, and chairs and things like that. So 
may not be necessarily a bucket list, but that right. was something that I had on my list to to learn uh, a skill. And so that's what, that's what I've been doing here. Love it. The, the listeners probably just, you know, here on 52 weeks hustle, you just launched your own business. So you may be getting <laughs> hit up left and right. Yeah. Let, let me know. Placing some orders. <laughs> there you go. Well, to close it out, Tremaine, what are three key takeaways you'd give every listener to be in your shoes one day? Um, never stop learning. Um, be, be humble. Um, I think with, with COVID and how it has affected, um, you know, our business, we saw a lot of people that were in some pretty powerful position, no longer have roles afterwards. So just be humble because you never know what, what can happen and, you know, build relationships. This business is all about the relationship. So, um, you know, do your part in, um, in creating meaningful relationships, not just the ones where you're asking for help, but the ones where you are reaching back and offering help as well. Love it. Tremaine, thank you so much. You've certainly had a great career. Pleasure talking to you, and I certainly appreciate your time and expertise. All right. Appreciate it, Travis. Again, this is Travis Apple. Thank you for listening to 52 Weeks of Hustle. Please be sure to follow the podcast on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. We'll be back next week with another industry leader. Have a great week. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.